0: he just reminded me they need to record me okay do we need to do the introduction again i can give you the short short introduction a bunch of exciting angels just burst out of nowhere preaching the gospel isn't that great but note where the emphasis is the emphasis is the babe who is going to grow become a man and die on calvary's tree And in that sense, especially Jesus' good news for the human race. For when Jesus dies, the significant act has taken place. And the universe has been waiting so long for this. The mystery of iniquity, how the sin problem can be solved. God himself, in a sense, must have been waiting and and the scriptures teaches that just in the the perfect time in the fullness of time God acted decisively in sending the Lord Jesus Christ the babe born to die as a man on Calvary's cross I don't know ladies whether any man has ever serenaded you as you've stood at your bedroom window Here's the angels serenading shepherds, yes, serenading the human race. This message that we're going to look at briefly today is written by Luke. Who is Luke? Luke is a physician, a doctor. Luke is a historian. Luke is gathering up oral and written accounts of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's putting them in an orderly manner. No visions, no dreams, not what we would normally think of with inspiration, just still under the unction of the Holy Spirit, very much so. Every word of God is inspired by God, given by God, but sometimes in a way that we really wouldn't think of it. Notice in chapter 2, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree, a census should be taken of the entire Uh, Roman world. Luke, by modern critics, has been heavily criticized for this. And then the the critics will, will keep gathering information and finally find out that hey, this is probably a very credible account. Everyone went to his own town to register. It wasn't an unusual thing. It wasn't a big deal. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him. Uh-oh. There's a little little kink in the story here. And, there, and was expecting a child, Mary was. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So that is a little preamble before we we look at the shepherd angelic incident. I don't find these things hard to believe, do you? To me, the, the Bible comes over to me very, very credible. Even when the Bible talks of the death of of Jesus, it's the most decisive thing. The event that the whole Bible points towards, even then the the account is is very concise, very controlled, no wild, extravagant claims. Yes, there is a big emphasis on miracles in the Bible. And I suppose modern man might have a a stumbling block there. Uh, Though I never have have done that, I've seen God work what I think miracles in my own life. I don't think I could ever stand on this platform today unless God had miraculously taken me out of my environment and, and brought me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And many of you can testify of similar things happening in your lives or somebody very, very close to you. The Bible is full of miracles, So, at some point, we have to come face to face with at least the possibility of God, if He exists. Many of us believe that He does exist, but He is the God of the miraculous in the Bible, no question about it. And we certainly see that in this account here. Also, we see all these angels the account here says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Who were shepherds? I mean, they were lowly people. No big deal with them, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Wouldn't you love to know the date of Jesus' birth? Well, there's some things you're supposed to know, and there's some things that are, are not that important. And if, we, and if it was important that we know, do you think God would have told us? What, what's important for us to know at least as far as getting in a right relationship with God and being saved for eternity, has been revealed to us. So no, we don't, mo- many of us do not believe December 25 was the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we do believe that he was born, and we do believe that he was a historical figure. And actually lots of people, even the critics of the Bible, do believe that a man called Jesus, who, who supposedly did, These amazing things uh, did live in our world. So the shepherds are out there taking care of their flocks. And then verse 9, an angel of the Lord appears to them. Doesn't define who this angel is. Do you think it's Gabriel? We don't know. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were what? They were terrified. They were scared out of their wits. And probably you and I would have done too. I mean, all you're doing, after all, is taking care of sheep. Meh, meh, pretty mundane stuff. And maybe they were all, if it was at night, maybe they were all sleeping. Now, do sheep sleep at night? Anybody know? Any shepherds in the flock here? (laughs) I know there's sheep here, but any shepherds? There's a shepherd right there. Do, Do the sheep sleep? Or do you have to give him a sleeping pill to knock him out? Well, it says that it's at night time. All you're doing is taking care of the sheep, minding your own business. But maybe you're talking about, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were not under the Roman yoke? I mean, it can't be any fun to live in a land that's oppressed, that's subjugated by an enemy who has no business setting foot on your your property. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Messiah, I wonder who that Messiah is. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Messiah would come? And no no sooner is the M word out of your mouth than the sky is full of angels. Here it mentions one angel, an angel of the Lord, appeared. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid." Many people are fearful at this time of the year, fearful of being lonely. We have church members who, who are in a rehab or in the hospital at this time of the year, and maybe they have reasons to be fearful if they dwell on. The physical situation in, in their bodies but isn't this one of the messages of the birth of Jesus do not fear no matter what your situation is in life you lose you're losing your house you're losing your job I was um, in a bookstore just a few days ago um, met a, a gentleman that I have known for some years and he says a uh, almost no sooner had we said hello than he says my wife's divorcing me." Does he have something to be fearful about? Well, from a human point of view, absolutely. Lost his job, lost his house, lost his wife. I mean, what people commit suicide over things like that. From a human point of view, yes. Time to be fearful from a God perspective, from an angelic perspective, the message this morning that we need to hear is do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news. This translation actually says that, this NIV translation, I bring you good news of great joy. That's another emphasis that I I like about this season, and it's certainly a hallmark of some of the hymns, even the ones that we chose this morning, joy to the world, do we get the message? We're supposed to be joyful, not just on this day, which is certainly a time to dwell upon the gospel of the good news of Christ, but every day of the year. Every day, Christians should be joyful, right? Every day, Christians should not be afraid, right? Right? And if you focus on Christ, then these things will take care of themselves. The fear will go. Doesn't the Bible teach something about perfect love doing something? And joy, why? Well, because Christ is going to do something. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior... Savior is a word that we need to understand. It isn't a word that we use in our language hardly ever. But a deliverer. Find another word as you're communicating these things so that you understand them yourself. Get some translations. When I was talking with Tom this morning, he says, well, I was, he was studying the book of Isaiah this morning in a, diff, in a number of translations. That's good to do that. Every translation has strengths and weaknesses. God has given us a multitude of choices. There's not just one food on the table. There's many there. Joy to all the people. Christ, the Savior, is born to you. He is Christ. That means Christ, uh, the Christos in Greek, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's why I use the M word, the Messiah. Now, if you understand anything about the Bible, you should understand something about Messiah, Because Messiah, the the concept of Messiah, in a sense, pulls the whole Bible together. Gives it a common message. Many people struggle because they really don't see a center in the Bible. They really don't don't see how it all holds together. The Song of Solomon seems so different than the book of Isaiah. Well, there have been a number of suggestions on how to pull these different books together together. So they have a common message, and Messiah is one of them, and it's a very good suggestion. There are others that I could mention, but you can talk to me privately about that if you're interested, but Messiah is a good one. Do you remember Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman? This seed, it's not really explained that much um, in Genesis 3.15, it is the first gospel promise in the Bible, so it is one that we should look at, maybe memorize, try and understand, but it's, 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 the, it's the seed idea goes all through Scripture. To the serpent, the head would be crushed. The heel would be affected or injured of Christ, ultimately. He is the seed of the woman. Paul makes that very clear. In many places in the Bible, it, it, it has this seed imagery that is used, and it's all pointing forward to Jesus. Now, Jesus saw that somehow, way, in the first century when he read the Old Testament. That's all he had, what we call the Hebrew Bible. He saw that because he said, all Scripture testifies of who? of jesus of me jesus it's amazing how many biblical scholars have really missed that point how many of us who are not biblical scholars kind of miss that point it's about jesus jesus is the best picture that you and i can get of god so here the angels is doing some explaining here to these shepherds who, who maybe have never ever look to the Bible in their lives. You don't probably have a Torah scroll out there where the sheep are. Maybe you could have a little piece that you've copied down. I guess that's possible, but your knowledge would be very limited. So here's here's the sermon right here in these verses. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Someone who will come and die for your sins Probably in their mind, they're thinking of the Messiah, Deliverer, who will come. He is Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Lord, Yahweh. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company. This is the part I really like. I mean, it's all good. It's all glorious, but this I think is really special. It's it's a spirit of excitement that we need to get. That's why I mentioned the children's story, these children opening their presents, getting so excited about it. Do you think when the children are are sitting here, they want to listen to Pastor Mason? I tell you, their head is probably, their mind is probably somewhere else. But the spirit of excitement certainly comes through. These angels are just bursting at the seams if angels have seams suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising god is that another theme for this time of the year praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests and when the angels had left them gone into heaven The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary, Joseph, and the baby. And the baby was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word. Ooh, I like that. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed, as we should be amazed, at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured all of these things, pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. These shepherds were given a gospel message from the angels, actually a song, in song, in music. That's another way that People who didn't have the Bible for many centuries of human history, still many parts of the world don't have the Bible today. Do you know that? There's billions of people on planet Earth who have never, ever heard that there is a Bible and have never cracked it open. How about in your house? Does it ever get cracked open? Take it off the shelf, blow the dust off it if need be, but get that book open, and you will find that it's telling you something just as it has happened, just as God wants us to understand it. And as you read the Bible, you're going to be changed. You're going to get excited about something. You're either going to run to God or you're going to run away from Him, but you won't remain the same if you understand the implications of what it's saying. Well, what's it saying in verse 14, which to me is a special verse? It says in this translation, it says, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. Well, these shepherds, in a sense, didn't have peace. They were under the Roman yoke. If the Romans said to them, go this way, they went that way. If the Romans said to them, carry my cloak for the next two miles, they had better carry that cloak. Do you remember Jesus talking about that? They were under the force, the dominion of the Roman power. And if they crossed the line, there would be war. And any, any of you know about the conflicts in this part of the world still going on, on today? The world, the Middle East, our own nation is at war right now as we speak. Uh, as I was listening to uh, some of the radio stations, they say, pray for our troops who are in Iraq. Who are in Af- Afghanistan what, what are they there for they're not there for an archaeological dig they're there to protect whether you agree with it or not to protect our land so that war doesn't come to this nation so we live in a world that is still under many wars and has been for centuries some of the wars are in our own hearts, in our own soul. Some of those are the worst wars that we experience. We don't know how to handle those things, and God wants to bring peace. And the only way that that can happen was it Augustine that said, our hearts are restless. You know what I'm going to say? Our hearts are restless like the turbulent sea until they find their rest in Thee, in God. So we live in a society, perhaps some people here this morning are just following their nose, clueless about where they should go in life and who they should follow and what's the whole meaning of life. This message is saying from the angels in heaven, is saying to us, the meaning is found in Christ. God's purpose for you, God's will for you, so to speak, is to have peace for God's favor to rest on you. Now, the only way God's favor can rest on you is when you're covered with Christ's righteousness, right? Do you remember the illustration where we've taken off jackets on, or coats on the platform here? Any of you remember that? And there's an exchange that takes place. You exchange your, your dirty, sinful clothing, and you give it to someone else. And then we take the filthy garment and we place it on the other person, and they give us their white jacket, cardigan, robe, whatever it is they have. Do you remember me doing that? And I've done it a number of times, I believe, um, here at the, what church is this? Anderson, that's right, Anderson Church, uh, a number of times. The idea is it's very important to see this, to grasp this concept of exchange. You come to Christ as you are, up to your neck in sin. But somehow, some way you understand, you believe, you trust that he's been sent by God to forgive you your sin. Right? You know what I'm, am I, is anyone with me? And somehow, faith, trust, belief, whatever we're going to call it, finds its place in Christ. And a transaction takes place. Christ takes your sinful garment, and He gives you His perfect robe of righteousness. This babe grew up to be a young man, to be a teenager, went through all the stages, became a man of 30-something years of age, lived a perfect life he said who can convince me of sin sinless in word thought action in every way sinless and seal that on the cross so jesus in a sense this baby that we're hearing about this man is our representative just as adam was our first representative jesus is our last representative. There are, there are no other choices. We go Jesus' way and have the forgiveness of sin, have the peace which passes all understanding, have the favor of God resting upon us. Isn't that what the text says? Talks of peace, talks of God's favor resting on the ones who have peace. And then it, I'm going to end up This sermon with the glory of God because that's the most important thing how can God be glorified and there's many ways that God can be glorified he can be glorified when you and I live a Christian lifestyle bear fruit to his glory the Bible talks about us actually bringing glory to God by doing these things But what better way for God to be glorified to to the whole universe than to come and die for the human race? Gospel of John over and over and over again talks of this sacrifice of Jesus being the greatest demonstration of the glory of God that the human race can ever know. And you and I, who are saved, if indeed we are, by trusting in Jesus, will be singing, serenading one another, so to speak. Serenading God. Do you like that idea? Especially you you musicians. Serenading God. Serenading the universe. Read the book of Revelation, chapters 4 and 5. For eternity. Over and over. And the more we sing it, The greater glory God receives. The more we live it, the greater glory. Don't you want to bring glory to God? Isn't that what this season is also about, especially about? How can we bring glory to God? We bring glory to God by focusing on Jesus. We bring glory to God by going to Jesus. We don't want to see Jesus from a distance. We want to get close to Jesus. We want to know what forgiveness of sins is all about. We, we want to experience the peace that passes all understanding. Can any of you remember what it was like to be lost? It's very, very real to me, even to this day, what it's like to be lost. And then to come to Jesus and find this peace that you never even knew you lacked. And then to understand the mysteries of the gospel, justification by faith, righteousness by faith, and then to understand God's favor is upon you. It's all education and learning, is it not? And to live a life, none of us know whether we'll be around tomorrow. We've had some surprises recently at Anderson, haven't we? None of us know. And yet we live or we die glorifying God. Isn't that a neat thing? Placed on this earth to bring glory to God. How is it possible? Well, Jesus did it. And he invites us to live that same kind of life. We're going to be blessed, I believe, with another musical piece here. And then I'm going to have the closing prayer.
1: we would like you to stand and join us as we sing all four verses of Silent Night this morning. first acapella without the
0: To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen.